Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. So I just wanted to make a little introduction. It's like almost like Jay-Z's song, like, how does it go again? Um... Oh man, I drew a blame. Anyways, I'm making an introduction back again. I know I was gone for some time. My bad, but we are slowly going back into progress. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to speak with you all. This podcast is really going to be like life changing. It was for me. You're going to hear it on the podcast. I mean, my guest spoke a word for me and it was just so timely. So I know it's going to bless you as much as it blessed me, but I actually came on here to highlight one of you who left a review on iTunes just for me. And I am so happy and grateful for this review. Uh, it was by Mama Mia 903 and she said, excellent podcast. I was inspiring and exactly what I needed. Thanks for using and sharing your gifts with us. Well, Mama Mia 903, thank you for leaving that review. I'm so happy that what I have to offer is helping you, and I hope that it's helping others. So if the podcast is encouraging to you, please leave a review on iTunes. Like, they've made the update so easy now, so there's, like, no excuses, you know? You can just scroll right on down and click write a review, and there you go. That's simple. So, yeah. I just wanted to highlight that. Thank you so much from Mia 903 Thank you all who continue to listen. I know you're going to be blessed by this episode. And yeah, we're going to get right into it. Hey, everybody. You're here listening to the Planter Podcast, where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. So today is another podcast part of the Thou Shall Create series. Uh, the Thou Shall Create series is a series where I invite creatives on the show to discuss their journey to their passion, as well as maintaining a relationship with Christ. Basically, this series is to showcase that talent is not limited to the four walls of the church, but it can be exercised in ways that we can't imagine. So I have an amazing guest that's going to share her platform with us and how she started her platform. And I know that it's going to bless so many of us listening. So I am so happy to introduce to you all Coco Gale. Hi! (laughs) Hey, Coco! Hey, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so blessed. I could be anywhere, but you wanted me here with you. And so I just bless God and I bless God for you. Thank you so much. And like I said before, I am so honored to have you. Um, Y'all, she has been somebody who's been, how do I say, influential to me for almost a year now. Over her Instagram posts, over her uh, motivational minutes and her Free Yourself Fridays. We're going to get to all of that, but just know, Healed and Heels on Instagram, you guys need to follow her. She's amazing. Okay? Okay. <laughs> all right, Coco, please um, introduce yourself. Um, tell us who you are and what you do. Well, I am Coco Gale. I'm the founder of Healed in Heels. Healed in Heels is an organization designed to break generational strongholds societal and self-inflicted wounds through the word of God and the bonds of sisterhood. Uh, So many women are so fine, so sharp, hairs laid, shoes tight, waist trainers, bundles, 
the whole nine on the outside and they're giving off this persona like they got it going on but inside they are moldy and miserable and and mildewy and broken and shattered in pieces and so Hilden and Hills is created to so that the women who are carrying around this baggage these burdens um, these pains these problems that they know that God can still use them and he can heal them and in the process of their healing whatever they have been through uh, they don't have to be ashamed of it they don't have to be tormented and that's exactly what God has done for me. Um, he allowed um, what I had been through in my previous relationships growing up. Um, he allowed me to not be shamed of those things and allowed what the enemy had turned for bad. God made it into something good. And so that's what I do at Healing Hills is just motivate and encourage women to be their most authentic, liberated selves. Um, and they don't have to... Um, conform to what it what it is that society has said about them or even what they have said about themselves they can be what god has said that they could be and nothing less and i just help women to just get there because i'm there i'm free and i want other women to be free too and i'm really excited to dive in more into like your story so can you tell us the journey to creating heal the hills what sparked that for you well, the first thing um, that caused me to create Healed and Heals was, um, you know, things are cyclical. So, like, every year around the same time, I would feel this tugging um, from God on my heart and on my spirit. Um, I could see it in my Facebook page. It would be like every year on this day, I would be like quoting the same scriptures or I would be feeling very um, relationshipy with God or I would be being very encouraging. And a lot of women would say, man, you know, you have such a common sense situation when it comes to a relationship with God. I had never considered that before. And so what I initially thought that I was going to be doing was um, devoting um, a, a prayer call to wives for, for women who are married or, or, you know, seriously courting and, and um, because the, the enemy will start with the head and usually women are much stronger in their relationships with God than men are. So I was um, I did like an all call for women um, who wanted to pray over their wives and children every morning. And I had about 29 women that were like, yes, girl, I'm going to be on that call. I signed up for my free conference call phone number and put the phone number out. And for two weeks straight, I was the only woman on the conference call. And I sang and I prayed and I talked to God all by myself every day for two weeks, all by myself. Um, and then after, when you got a free conference call, you get an email that says, um, how many people were on the phone and it was always just one number and it was mine. And so I said, okay, God, well, maybe I missed the mark. And, um, then I started doing like individual calls in the morning and then it would just be me and one other good girlfriend. And then one other person would join in and then it ended up being three people. And so somebody, um, said, we need to have a forum where women can just kind of come and be naked. Um, not physically, but spiritually, emotionally, um, mentally in front of one another because we look at each other and we think man she's got it going on but we don't really know her struggle we don't know and I'm like okay I'm with it and nobody wanted to step up to the plate um everybody thought it was a great idea but nobody wanted to do the work and I was like okay well I'll do it and they were like okay well if you do it we'll come and so that's how Healed and Heals was born that was the conception and, and um and and the subsequent pregnancy of healed and heals because it's a constant birth i'm constantly giving birth i'm constantly creating new life within this ministry so that's how it started i love that you were like for two weeks you 
kept going, like, you were still on the prayer line by yourself. Because I know probably for myself and a lot of other people have probably been like, I feel like maybe, like, day three, they would have been like, all right, now nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. But you were very persistent. And I love that even if nobody showed up, you were still going to do that work. You were still going to pray for people. And be an example. You know why, sis? Yeah, tell me. Uh, the one time that I decided not to show up, that's when somebody would have been there. Mm. And at the end of the day, if God has given me a mission, I got to I got to be willing to go alone. Yeah. I can't wait on somebody to come with me to hold my hand. Um I can't wait on who's going to accompany me and cheerlead me. If God has given me a mandate, um delayed obedience is still disobedience. And so I've got to be doing what it is that he told me to do because that's what he told me to do in the intimacy of the relationship between he and I. And so sometimes he will do things that says, let me see if you trust me like you say you trust me. And so he might not have allowed other people to come on that phone at that time to see if I was still going to be obedient to what he had given me to do. And so I don't I mean, those same women that weren't on that prayer line have been at those meetings, have been at those conferences. Those same women that weren't on those prayer lines are sharing my motivational minutes. Those same women that did not make it are the ones that are saying, girl, I'm just so proud of you and keep going. And I needed this. And and you always have a right now word. And so. It just wasn't the time or the season for them to be privy to what God was doing. It just was the relationship, the foundational situation. And if I had just been in my feelings, because my flesh gets all tender all the time, and be like, ain't nobody coming on this thing, then I could have missed a move of God. And then I would have been reaping the harvest of not being obedient. Right. And obedience is better than sacrifice. And it's not always what God gives to you. It's what he doesn't take away. Mm. I hear you. I hear you. And it's um, interesting that that's what you said, because I feel like I've heard two messages this week. Yeah, I have on being faithful with the little that God has given you so you can be faithful with much later in the future, because God is the one who promotes us. So can we be faithful with what we consider small or what we consider, um, you know, yeah, like trivial. Yeah. yeah. Can we be faithful with that? And that's such a. I don't know. That's such a, a good example of of what you're saying. So I relate to. I'm like, okay, God, like this is a <laughs> this is a message already. Like <laughs> this is the third time I'm hearing this. So I'm like, okay, no, be faithful with the small things or what we consider that's small. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Everybody wants to be big time. Yeah. But it's the small. It's the small stuff that makes all the difference. It's mm-hmm. the it's you could have a beautiful well like next week is Thanksgiving and you could have a turkey that's so beautiful and so pretty but if that thing is not seasoned with a little bit of salt mm. it's gonna ruin everything you could try to put it on top of it afterwards it's not gonna have the same effect right it's the little things that make all the difference good, good bad or indifferent and so I want to be I want God to trust me with the little stuff mm-hmm. um because right now is the groundwork. It's easy to 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 allegedly handle the big stuff, but in order to handle the big stuff real good, you got to really know the the intricacies of the situation, and it's usually down to the small details. Yes, preparation. It is definitely key. Preparation for sure, for sure. Okay, so 
you know, your platform is a lot about telling our stories, being authentic. Like you said, being naked, not physically, but spiritually. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, 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 your platform is about being authentic and being your real self. Why is it so important that we tell our stories? You know, the Bible says that they are overcome by the blood, by the, the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb. That's a revelation. Okay. If I, I got to be, the enemy wants to keep me in bondage. And the best way that he can keep me in bondage is to keep me ashamed of the things that I've endured. But most of the times, if you get in a room with other women and one person opens up, it becomes like a floodgate. Like it's like it becomes a safe space for women to be able or men or children or whatever to be able to open up and communicate the things that they've endured because there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that you're going through that I haven't gone through or that I haven't been privy to or I haven't witnessed or seen or heard about or been affected by it in some form or a uh, form or fashion. And so what happens is if when you don't tell people what's going on, they feel isolated in their instances. They feel isolated in their incidents and they feel like it's only them and that nobody will understand and that nobody can help them out. And they get, they get boxed into that. And that's how the enemy rakes them over the coals because they feel alone. They feel all alone and they feel like nobody will ever be able to understand. Then they feel judged. Then they want to, they want to retreat and then they're resentful and they're angry and they're hurt because they feel alone. But if you had just told your story, you could help pull somebody out of that, that muck and that miry clay to make them feel like it's not just me. It's I'm not so bad. There's nothing that I did so horrible that I don't deserve, you know, to be loved and, and appreciated. There's nothing that I did to to reap this on me. Those types of things. But we've got to be uh, transparent about it. But the only way that you're going to be able to to be able to be transparent about something that you've been through is you got to be healed about it. You can't expose uh, an open wound to too much because you're going to be able, you're going to get reinfected. But if I'm healed from my wound, I can show you the scar and say, see, it doesn't hurt me anymore, but I can tell you how to get better. Um, I think that's something that I've learned that there is freedom in telling our stories because you're right. It so is. many people are going through maybe something that you've gone through or they just need to know that somebody has gone through this. I'm not the only one. And for me, that's why I love this platform so much, because on the planter, I try to make sure that people feel comfortable telling their stories. So people who are listening can be like, oh, like they've done that. They've gone through that. Well, maybe I can get through it, too. You know what I'm saying? Like I can get through it. It gives people the confidence to be free and, 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 and just communicate what they're going through. Like in my circle of friends, Absolutely. we're very transparent with, with each other because it, I don't know, it's something so like, uh, it's like a weight you lift off your shoulder when you're able to just be upfront about what you're going through or what you're struggling with. And then now True. you can have people who can be like accountability partners or people who can encourage you, um, you know, along the way, along your journey to healing. True. So I think one of the things that, that this generation, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm super old, but this <laughs> okay. generation, the young, a younger generation, this social media millennial type of situation what has occurred is that that it just shows all the shiny stuff yeah it just shows all the pretty things it just shows all the filters on people's lives and what is the falsest the falseness about that is that 
I can try to make you look good for you. But the reality of it is, is I'm looking for you to validate me because I'm going through some stuff that I can't share with you. So I'm hoping that I look good enough to you that you think she got it going on so that I don't feel so bad about what I'm currently struggling with. And that does not allow people to be authentic and that doesn't allow people to be healed. You got to be completely open. You got to expose those dark places so that you can get better and having friends that you can tell. Now I'm probably the only person in the world who openly, honestly does not care who knows my business. I'm going to tell you everything you want to know. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care why, because God has already seen it. So I have no reason to hide from you. There's nothing that you can do or can't do or whatever to me one way or the other. But I tell it because I don't stay in a place of unforgiveness and unhealing very long. I need to, I need, I like my liberty. I like my freedom that my liberty gives me and I can only get that by being healed um, and having friends that I can share those things with. Like you were saying, having friends that are accountability that are saying, okay, girl, well, if you've been in this too long now, go ahead and, and pray over that thing. We're going to go ahead and declare that thing dead. We're going to go ahead and speak life to that thing. We're going to go ahead and move forward on that situation. That allows you to have somebody here that you that can hold your hands and make sure that you're going to make it. And that's imperative to healing. Nobody heals alone. Nobody gets better alone. Exactly. That sense of community is just so important. And speaking mm-hmm. with a lot of people, because I'm in college now, and I hear a lot of the stories, and a lot of people just do things on their own. You know, they have a lot of trust issues from people um, in their past, or, you know, a lot of people be real phone, like funny when it comes to having friends. They'd be like, that person ain't my friend, ain't no such thing as friends, and things like that. So they do things a lot by themselves. And even a lot of people, too, like even with church, like that's another big problem. People don't want to go to church. They're like, well, you know, I have a relationship with God by myself. I don't really need to be in the church. Mm. I'm always just like, you know, but it's a sense of community. And trust me, I understand that like, you know, people, we're we're bad. (laughs) You know, Um, we'll preach one thing or we'll say one thing and we'll do something completely different. And it Mm -hmm. kind of just deters people from coming. But I'm just like. But it's the, the idea of being with people who are, well, at least like-minded like you, who are trying to get closer to Christ just like you, you guys praying together, praising together, doing things together, building that community of people so that eventually, like, if there is something going on in your life, you can come to them and be like, hey, I'm, I'm like, I'm hurting, like, I'm hurt, I, I, I need prayer, I need help. Mm-hmm. That's the point of community, and I like that, like, you can't do something by yourself. It is. Let me tell you about, you know, the Bible says do not um, forego the convening of saints. You need to be able to go to church. And it has nothing to do with allowing yourself to be judged by church folk. We'll have to talk about that on another another episode of The Planter. (laughs) But you can't allow yourself to be judged by church folk. See, even Jesus said that the men who teach you the works do what they tell you to do, but don't do what they're doing. Because I'm going to tell you what's right, but my flesh is going to get in the way. You got to know that people are going to tell you the right thing to do and do the opposite. That's human nature. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, because we're going to mess up. But I think the only time that people get themselves caught up in that is when you are looking at people who have been elevated in the church or elevated in the body of Christ. And... 
you expect them to be Jesus. That's out of order. Their flesh and flesh will fail you. And so if you think by being separate from people, it's going to help you be better. If you think that by not going to church, it's going to make you be better then a person, they're spiritually immature. I look at people and I know pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, uh, prophets, uh, you name it, bishops, apostles, the whole gamut of those people who are in, in the church, but they are flesh first. And so I can't, I don't have any particular heavy weight for them to carry. They don't carry a bunch of weight in my life because, you know, I respect and love, uh, love them for their works that they do. But I also know that they're flesh and flesh will fail you. And, you know, I could tell you one thing because I know what the word is telling me to do, but if I'm actually doing that, that's something totally different. And that's the case. And so you can't, that, that, that in itself is going to require a level of healing to say that I don't want to be bothered with people because people, I got trust issues. Okay. Well, people, you, you should have trust issues. The only person that you need to trust is God. I trust God that he's going to send me the right people in my life. I trust that God is going to put me in the right positions um, in my walk with him. I trust that he's going to protect me, even though that the, the enemy's desire is to sift me as weak. I, I trust that God has got my best interest at heart because of all the things that he has said about me. I trust that I am a friend of God because that's what he has told me. And when you're friends with somebody, you take care of them. So I can't be mad at you because your flesh has failed me. I can only be mad at me because I trusted you more than I trusted God. Wow. <laughs> wow. That last part. Wow. Yeah. And that's the point. I, Well, I try to tell people that, hey, like, you know, human beings are human beings. We do human nature. Like, that's just what we do. We're going to fail you. Because uh, mm -hmm. somebody was talking about um, why he doesn't go to church. And I know this isn't really what we're talking about, but I think this is an important um, thing to speak about. Um, he was like, you know, I used to go to a church and you know, the pastor would be up there and he'd be preaching, but he'd be sleeping around with different people and his daughter would be saying, oh, Jesus, love you, Jesus. But she's quote unquote a hoe and this and another. And I was like, Ooh. he's like, I can't go to, I can't be in a place like that. I can't go to church. Mm. And he's like, I just stopped Gee, I, and I was like, <laughs> I have said before that Jesus is the only person that's judged based on the actions of humans. That's not Jesus' fault. You can't blame well, the church. Thank you. You you can go to a different church. But that's what I said. There too. Right. And so that's why you know I'm gonna I'm gonna roll that thing right on back around. That's why Heal the Hills works with women who have generational curses. Mm -hmm. Because if your daddy is a whoremonger, then you're gonna have whoremongering <laughs> issues too. That's a generational curse, right? Uh -huh, you uh -huh. see what I'm and so uh, your friend is spiritually immature. Because he has to be able to rightfully di to divide the situation. But that doesn't mean that you separate yourself from the church. You yeah. just separate yourself from that building. You got to grow up. People got to grow up. Uh, you, Your job, they cuss you out, mistreat you there. You don't just say, you know what, I'm just not going to come back here no more. No, you still go to work every day. I get people call me all kinds of names at my job. I'm, I still smile and tell you, all right, I'll see y'all later. Why I'm going to keep coming back here because I like my paycheck. You cannot tell me that you're going to stop going to the church because somebody at the church made you angry. Get real. Or somebody in the church disappointed you. The church is the hospital. It's sick people there. Yeah. You can't expect to go to the go where there are sick people and don't see nobody who need healing. What does that mean? What do you mean? These people are not perfect. These people are just as broken. They are just as as 
needy. They're just as uh, messed up as you are. And if you are reading your Bible, you know that Jesus has never used anybody. God has never called anybody that was not jacked up. Why? Because there are no perfect people. There was only one perfect person. Yes. And he was able to, to die on the cross for our sins. Mm -hmm. But that didn't mean that he didn't struggle with what he was going through. He still did. He went through some stuff. So right. for people to say things like, oh, I ain't going to the church. People be fake and phony. Get out of here. <laughs> they fake and phony at your job. <laughs> your grandmama and your aunties and her sisters, they don't like each other and they haven't liked each other in years. You still go to Thanksgiving dinner. Get out of here. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Drops Mike. Because <laughs> you know it's Thanksgiving next week. You have not spoken oh, to your auntie man. in six years. But oh. you still gonna go over there and eat her sweet potato pie because it's the best in the family. Get out of here. <laughs> Yep, that was the best answer I've gotten all day when it comes to that. Forget it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Coco, you're hilarious. <laughs> no, but you're right. And that's exactly what I told them. Not in those words, but basically, yeah, that's exactly what I told them. That was a little bit more creative there. What you got? They had a little bit more spice there. You know what I'm saying? A little bit more flavor. I didn't have all that. I was like, well, maybe you should go somewhere else. You know? <laughs> People are just human beings. <laughs> It's all good, baby sis. You know. Oh man, that's so next funny. time they get that crazy, just give them my phone number. <laughs> Cut all the middleman out. Just I hold on, I got somebody that you need to talk to. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. So I can time. gather them quickly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Back to healed and heels. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. So. I love that, by the way, that you're just so open and authentic and just real. I salute you for that. Salute you for that. And <laughs> I do. I really do. Because part of the problem is a lot of people aren't able to heal in a community because they do not see people being just themselves. Like, I've been, I've been, to, or I've been to a church. I guess that's, you know, people aren't, you don't know their stories. You don't know what's going on with them. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they struggle with because everybody comes off like they're perfect. So I salute you that you're just so open and just so honest and real. God, God bless people who want to be perfect. God bless people who prefer to be perfect as opposed to, to perfecting God's will in their life. I'm uninterested. That's a lot of pressure on someone to be perfect when I would rather be perfecting his will in my life. I would rather be doing what it is that he told me to do. I would rather be looking good in his sight than in yours. But that is, again, because I'm interested in getting to heaven. I, I can have all the trappings and appear and bust hell wide up and I'm not interested. And so in my... That way, the, the, the Bible says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. In my freedom, I have liberty. I have liberty to be myself. I have liberty to be who God authentically created me to be. And I, can, I change the atmosphere where I go. And that is the plan of God in my life. That is his perfect will. It is not for me to go somewhere and the atmosphere change me. I am to change the atmosphere. Where I go, because the Holy Spirit came with me, I come with the Holy Spirit to break yokes and to help him to break bondage. But people will be in bondage 
before I get there. Then you get to be yourself. Then the Holy Spirit has the ability to do what he came to do. I God is going to be perfected. He's got his will to be perfected in my life. So, no, I don't have time to be trying to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I have a potty mouth. <laughs> uh, my thoughts are all over the place. I'm petty. My sorrows call me petty preacher. Um, <laughs> bless it. Keep me near the cross. I do. I very rarely don't tell uh, people what I'm thinking because it's the truth, and I think people don't. They need to hear the truth. But what I have learned to do is to season my words because that's what the word says for me to yeah. season my words with salt. I got to make sure that I don't miss my mark trying to tell people the truth. So I could tell you the truth and keep it 100 with you, and it still hit what it's supposed to be, but it doesn't cut you, and you're going to bleed to death in my presence. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you what it is that God wants you to have, but I'm gonna give it to you. And the only way that I could do that is if I was free. I can't be fake. And in and, and this day and age, people are not checking for it. People ain't yeah. checking for it. Mm-hmm. People are not checking for you trying to tell me something that that's not your real life. That's not really how you live, and that's not really who you are. And right. I can dig that. I respect mm-hmm. that. I respect that. You're not gonna be able to tell me that God can. Uh, can deliver me from drugs and alcohol and sin and he's never done those things for you because you don't live that life you've never had an addiction to drugs and alcohol so you can't tell me that God will deliver me from drugs and alcohol you haven't tried it to be so mm-hmm. so people need to know the truth and the only way they're going to know the truth is if you tell them the truth and you got to tell the truth with conviction it's your truth I'm not trying to make my ugly past look pretty for nobody it was ugly it was filthy I was a wretch undone I'm still a wretch undone I'm just not as undone. I'm still not as wretched, but I still have some moments that are quite horrific. And I tell people the truth because not for me, but for God be glorified. Because he could have left me in my sin to die because I was on my way to hell. Mm, that's real. And, and if it's, and if it's my, it's my job to tell you, that's what the word tells me in Ezekiel. If I know that you are doing the wrong thing and I don't tell you and you die in your sin, your blood is on my hands. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just telling you the truth is saving my life. I'm trying to see about me. True. And people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what, what feels good. They want to hear a bunch of inspirational stuff. And I try to do my motivational minute, but it's always a scripture connected to it because it's yeah. not just my word. It's the Bible. This is what this is my interpretation of what God has said to me about this word. Yeah. This is the way that He's given it to me to give to somebody because maybe somebody can't get it in the King James version. Mm-hmm. They need it in the Coco Gale version. <laughs> they need to be able to, to 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 in order to be able to to apply the word, you gotta be able to understand the word. And so God yes. has, has given it to me where I can break it down so that people can can understand it so they can apply. That used to be my thing. I know the Bible, but it doesn't really apply to me. I can't make it work for me. Well, once somebody had to break, I had to get some different Bibles. I had to read some different versions. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this thing makes all the sense in the world because it's a living word. So the thing I, I look at it today and read affects me today, but tomorrow it's a whole, the whole another scenario, but the same scripture that affects me in a totally different way because it's a living word. But I got to be living. I got to be honest and I got to be truthful. I got to be transparent about what God has done for me with this word. It wasn't by my own might. 
it wasn't just because I wanted to do better. It was the word of God. It was the word of God and the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ that did some mighty things for me that still does some mighty things for me. So I have to tell everybody. I got to tell you and I got to tell you just how it's given to me. And now everybody's going to receive how I give it. I went um, the weekend after Hilton and Hills. I, speak, I spoke at a conference called I Survived It, and it was a lot of non-millennials there. And it was a lot of women I had gasping and clutching their pearls. Because, baby, it's how you're going to get it. It's how you live. This is how I live. And I'm going to give it to you just like this. And the thing that God is doing, he's doing a new thing. And the new thing looks like me and you. The new yeah. thing looks like my sister, Sayuri Smith, who wrote scriptures for strippers. The new thing looks like women who are, that's my boo. The new thing looks like women who are coming out of the world, having a testimony that's going to set the world on fire about the goodness and the reality of the blood of Jesus Christ and what he can and will do for you if you submit it to him. I'm saying that I saw that talk that I survived on YouTube. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were, um, they, they were, they were, they were gasping. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, you know, they were, um, they definitely were taken aback Mm -hmm. because they're used to this prim and proper buttoned up situation. Yeah. But God is, Jesus is doing something unorthodox. He's doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. He's doing a new thing because the, you can't, the, the, the devil is doing a new thing. And so you got to be radical and when, when you're trying to get sold. Right. You have to be radical. And these same young people that are out here radical in the world, God wants to use them just like they are. Yes. In the mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm learning just so like much. They are. Like they don't have to shift. Yes. They don't have to change. If anybody's trying to make you change to be something other than what you are, that is not of God. God wants you. He's gonna. He's gonna mold you the way that He wants you to be molded. Yes. He's. You don't have to. You don't have to change for anybody. God, you'll look up and He will have. He will change you. Mm-hmm. I know it for a fact. Mm-hmm. I know it. I watched it in my life, and it was nothing nobody said to me other than God bless you. Yeah, I have. I don't really have much to say. There's not anything else I can add after that. But I trust me. Um, wow, I, I hear you. Um, I think it would be kind of good to share with us a little bit about your story. So, what is it that you just you have to let people know that God has healed you from or has freed you from? Can you give us a little bit about you? Um, it's, it's just so many different levels to me. Right. Um, I was, I was in a a domestic violence marriage. I actually was in two marriages where I was, um, in domestic violence. So I was married to my children's father and he did not physically abuse me, but he was very, very mean to me. And, um, I was not able to be my most authentic self. He made me feel worthless and stupid and, 
and and words hurt. Don't let anybody tell you that just because somebody's not going upside your head, that words don't hurt. So I left, found the strength, left that relationship, and jumped really right out of the pan into the fire and started dating and subsequently married another man who had a drug and alcohol addiction. And even though we didn't use the same types of drugs, I did use drugs in order to cope with the feeling of loneliness and the mistreatment and the um, abuse because he was abusive. He was physically abusive, um, dealing with um, with him cheating on me. Um, I just It just was a bunch of foolishness. Now I'm 36 years old, but this was in my you know, mid-20s, all the way up to my early 30s, and I learned all these things about myself um, in the process of me living the wildest, most dangerous life I probably could. I ended up getting into some legal trouble and subsequently became incarcerated. So when I came to the conclusion that even though I had never been in any trouble before, that I was going to have to go to jail, um... I said, okay, God, well, what do you want me to do here? What is it that you're trying to get me to do in this situation? And he said, I want you to do what you always do. I want you to go in here and I want you to minister to women. This was before I had, I mean, I was so far away from where I am right now. Um, But what I did was every Sunday I either preached or did Bible study Uh, I introduced women to Jesus Christ that had never heard of Jesus Christ, did not know that Jesus Christ loved them. And I did that for six weeks, uh, six months, two weeks and two days. I was in jail for six months, six and a half months. And when I came home, I was trying to go back to my old life. But it was so far removed from who I was that I... I couldn't do it. I couldn't club anymore. I couldn't get high anymore. I couldn't drink liquor anymore. I just couldn't. And I still was so far away from here. I still was so far away from where I am right now. I came home, I was 32 years old. So that was four years ago. And I was, um, I got a, you know, got, got a, his favor has been so good to me that I never missed a beat getting a job, even though um, I had a felony on my record. Um, you know, the, I had a first offender, so nothing had, had stopped me from being able to live my life accordingly at all, like under no circumstances. But what it allowed me to do was to take what I had been shown and given, my ability to read my word and have, you know, some crazy faith. Like I exhibited some crazy faith in that six months And it allowed me to understand that God's real purpose for my life was so much more than what I was allowing myself to settle for. And I remember I was working at Piedmont Hospital um, and I had an office and I was sitting in my office and I saw a vision of myself speaking in front of hundreds of thousands of women. And I said, well, God, how am I going to do that? Like, I'm perfectly okay with my little job. Um, I'm perfectly okay with, you know, my little $15 an hour. I was making $15 an hour. Girl, you couldn't have hit me in the head with a red apple. Girl, I just felt like I was balling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living my life like it was golden. And I was trying to figure out how was God going to take me from there to some to what he showed me. And it still took... Um, two and a half years before Healed and Heals was something. Mm-hmm. And 
and he has not left the promises that he gave me. Like he has not abandoned his promises um, at all. Everything that he has told me about this ministry is coming into fruition. 365 days ago, a lot of people did not know me. When I started this ministry last year, um, I felt I was ashamed because I felt that nobody was going to take me seriously. And I really was more concerned about what my friends were going to think because they knew me and they knew what I had come out of and who I used to be, and what I was participating in and all the stuff that I was down for and with and, and all those things. And I just knew that they were going to be like, girl, get out of here with all of this foolishness. But they have been so loving and supporting and encouraging. Um, I've lost a lot of friends along the way, but um, a lot of my always down for whatever homegirls are so loving and so caring and so supporting that it made me feel like, okay, God, I, I even still have my support system. Like I didn't have to start from ground zero, um, in the process of this ministry. So that's how I got to be able to talk to, to women about, you know, it's not okay that, you know, you lay down with this man and he beat you up. It's not okay that he steals from you. It's not okay that, you know, you have to take care of these kids by yourself. It's not okay that I, I ran into so many women who had, were in jail because of something connected to some dude. Like, so it's not okay to have a man put you in a position that, that ruins your life for the sake of his life. Like what makes his life better than your life? So I, I talked to women because the only way that men are going to be, I don't talk to men about what men need to do. I'm not a man, but I do talk to women about what women need to do because at the end of the day, you're going to treat me how I teach you to treat me. And so if I'm telling you that you don't have to step up to be with me, you'll never step up. You're either, you're, you're going to just sloth all over the place. And then the next woman that's going to come along is going to give you, you know, some duties to follow. And then she's going to get, what I've done all the hard work for. True, tr true. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, t I speak to women. I teach them. I educate them. I encourage them. I motivate them. I love them with the truth mm -hmm. to let them know I've been through that. I've done that. I've had, a, I was going to say something else. I had <laughs> a dude who mistreated me, who dogged me out for mm -hmm. what? And then I, I kept picking the same type of raggedy such and such. Why? Because I like projects, really, because I was broken. So I'm looking for something I could put together. So I'm hoping that he could put me together. And then we have this hood love story. Girl, get out of here. That only happens in Wahida <laughs> Clark books. That only happens in Nikki Turner books. Get out of here, girl. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That's only where those things occur. The only person that can put you back together is the potter. He created you. True. And if you're broken, you're broken by something that you did, which is uh, self-inflicted wounds, or you're broken by something that the world did, which is societal wounds. The only person that could put you together is the word of God and your sisters holding your hand, crying with you, wiping your tears, helping you up, pushing you on. That's it. That's it. True that. Um, in the midst of your... Uh, or through your healing process, um, how did you learn to love yourself in spite of what you've been through? Mm, I had to forgive myself. Loving myself was easy once I forgave myself for mistreating myself. 
And so when I began to, when I forgive, my, when I forgave myself, because forgive ain't a word, girl, even though I got a degree, you would never know. Oh, what? Wait, <laughs> what's not a word? Forgived. Oh, oh, oh. I'm like, forgive <laughs> is not a word? No, I'm like, no, I said, because when I forgive myself with oh. a D on the end, when I forgave myself. Gotcha, gotcha. Then I was able to love me properly. And then I was able to tell people where they could and couldn't get off with me. No, 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 no. You're not going to be able to talk to me like that. No, you're not going to be able to do that. No, you're not going to be able to have that. No, we're not going to be able to kick it like that because that's not that's not conducive to the love that I have for me. And when I forgave myself for mistreating me, and that entailed so many things. So that entailed allowing other people to mistreat me. That entailed getting high. That entailed being promiscuous uh, sexually. That entailed drinking uh, excessive amounts of alcohol. That entails letting somebody beat on me. That entails letting somebody cheat on me. That entailed letting somebody financially abuse me. Okay. When I forgave myself for allowing other people to mistreat me, because person that allowed it was me so I had to forgive myself for allowing other for not setting the standard for myself when I forgave myself for that and everybody who was willing to step up stepped up and everybody who wasn't willing to step up stepped off then it was easy to love me it was easy to treat me good because I realized one nobody else gonna do it anyway and then when the people when the people that stepped up and they were treating me the way that I want to be treated because I had given them instructions on how to properly treat me. It made me go, oh, yeah, okay, well, then I can demand this type of charge for something that's priceless. I can request this cost because this whole situation is priceless. So if I'm giving you a cost, I'm really giving you a discount because it's a priceless situation. I'm priceless. So if I let you in my life and the minimum price you have to pay is respect and honesty and loyalty, I gave you a discount because I'm really priceless. Only things you got to give me are those little few things right there. Then everything else connected to it had to line up. I had to love myself better because I wasn't allowing people to mistreat me. And I noticed that if I began to mistreat myself again, then the people around me would begin to mistreat me again. And I wasn't with any of that. Still ain't. I don't really have much feedback. Like I said before, all I have to say, honestly, is just thank you so much for everything that you are saying and teaching me and teaching everybody who's listening. Yeah, no, I don't have really much like, oh, input. Nope. You dropped the mic it's many all times, good. you know. It so <laughs> I'm just here. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> Taking it all in. <laughs> How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 23. 23, 23, I was a mother, I was a mother twice. So I'm going to just tell you from a 36 year old to a 23 year old, it's all good. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it right. You can take the pressure off. You guys live in this world where it's like, if you don't get it right, it's something wrong with you. If you're not a multimillionaire with like a, a booming uh, Brazilian bundles business or <laughs> that you are not winning. <laughs> And it's okay that you don't sell bundles, okay? It's all right that you're not scamming people. You're not I telling, you know. I can't know what it, you know. <laughs> no. 
everybody got a hair company. Everybody selling hair and lashes. Everybody selling mink lashes and, mm-hmm. and lace closures oh, and no. silk closures. And oh. everybody um, is an Instagram model. And it's mm-hmm. okay that you're not. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that not just to you, but to uh, to the other 23-year-olds who are listening. It's okay that you don't sell whatever the next new thing is to sell. They will tell you that you need to be an entrepreneur. And that's super great in theory, right? I'm mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, but I work a full-time plus 40-hour-a-week job. Like, I'm the manager. I work all the time. Today was my off day. Yeah. So it was late. I was late getting home, but I'm getting on the phone with you because I went to go and help somewhere else. Why? Because this keeps my health insurance from maturing. This pays my bills. This keeps, I like to vacation a couple times a year. This keeps vacation. Hilton Hills makes me zero dollars and zero cents yeah. every day. Okay. It's my ministry. So it's what I do for God and he makes a way for it. But what I'm saying all that to say is you're not going to know the answers and you're going to fall times. You're going to fall a million times. You're not going to get it right a lot. You're not going to understand or know, and it's not going to make sense. And I just want to let you know that nothing is wrong with you. If you don't know the answer to something, nothing is wrong with you because you ain't got it going on. Nothing is wrong with you because you're not living like DJ Khaled carrying ash all around the world it's okay and you're gonna have to find your own path and a lot of times that path is going to be very bumpy and very crooked and it's not even going to be a path sometimes it's going to be just wild brush and you're just gonna have to take your machete and you're gonna have to cut that path down you're gonna have to create that path but as long as you take the holy spirit with you as long as you know that God will be before you and behind you, that you don't have to worry about a thing. And that if you believe he can save you from anything, if you believe he will restore you and renew you and redeem you and refresh you and replenish you. And it doesn't matter how dusty you look, you will have been through the smoke and the fire and won't smell like smoke. And it's okay that you got to fall down a little bit to figure it out. It's all right. Mm. It's okay. Amen. I wish somebody would have told me that at 23, that I wasn't going to know it all. I wish that I didn't, because from the ages of 20, I think I was 20, 20 to 23, I suffered from migraines. I was balding mm-hmm. because my stress level was so high because I was trying to please all these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please God. <laughs> right. That's all you need to do is please God. Everybody else got to take a number. Oh, and today right. is not looking like we're going to call your number today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's not looking like your number's gonna be called so you might want to get up early and pick your number and then let's see how we can work you into you're gonna be it's we don't take appointments it's a walk-in only oh my goodness please god the only thing you need to be focused on is pleasing god finding out what he wants you to do and the rest the rest will work itself out i promise so timely let me tell you something okay (laughs) tell me (laughs) i just had a dream i think it was two nights ago now that uh, I was basically with a group of friends and I guess the Holy Spirit took over one of my friends and was speaking to me. And basically the Holy Spirit told me, um, was like, you're not behind. Um, you're still progressing. Like, don't think of your life as you're behind. Because mm-hmm. for everybody here who knows, like I'm in the, I'm in the medical field. So I'm applying okay. to medical school. Um, me too, I'm in the medical field, but I'm definitely not applying for medical school. <laughs> Amen. It's still there. <laughs> still there. But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, at a certain time, I expected to be in medical school, but I stayed in college a little bit longer. 
try to raise my GPA up. And then this process of getting to medical school has been just so strenuous that it has me just thinking, is really medicine really what I want to do? Or is there something else that I should be doing? So it's caused a lot of stress. And especially now, since I'm about to graduate in December, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of not sure what's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, my friend was telling me the same thing that you don't need to worry about people. You don't need to worry about what they're going to ask you. If they ask you, what are you doing after graduation? Tell them it's a surprise. And if they keep asking me, tell them to leave you alone. Like, it's just that simple. You don't got to be nice with everybody. And I'm like, I feel you. She was like, you don't have to have an answer for everything that God That's is it. going to work it out. Because even for her, too, um, she didn't have anything lined up. Like, she worked so hard. And even when she was about to graduate, it didn't seem like any job offers were coming up. She was going to stay at the same job she had always been having. And then like the week of graduation, like somebody calls her up for an opportunity that she didn't even apply for. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Right. So I've just been really, especially since last week, just really honing in on that, that look, <laughs> you won't know everything, but because you love God and God loves you, he's going to see you through. Like you'll never go hungry. It's man, look, come on with this Matthew 20, uh, 6, 25 through 33. If you know that he said that the birds in the air, they neither sow nor do they reap. They do not go to work. They don't store in barns, but your heavenly father never fails to feed them. Are you not much more than a bird? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing about a faith walk is I don't know where I'm going to go, but I trust you enough to walk because I know that you know where you're going. Think about when you were a child and you would get in the car with your mommy or daddy. You didn't know how to drive. And most times you may not have known where you were going. Mm -hmm. Did you feel afraid? Nope. You just got in the car. We're going somewhere. All right. I don't know where we're going. We could be going to the doctor to get a shot. I'm just glad to be in the car because we're going somewhere. (laughs) It's the same Mm -hmm. thing with God. God knows what he has for you. He knows the plans that he has for you and their plans to give you hope and a future and to not fail you. He has no harm set aside for you. And it's so important that we understand that we make all these plans. We have all these things set aside for ourselves and we didn't consult God at all. If that's what he wanted out of us. Right. And he's going to do what it, now he knows the desires of your heart. So if your desires are the desire, if, and, and most of the time, the desires of your heart are already the things that he's lined up for you to do. And it's already something you want to do. It works out like that. Yeah. Like I was in the fourth grade. My favorite teacher, Miss Susie Smith. We're friends on Facebook. Um, I got the most talkative award wow. in the fourth grade. Right. Mm-hmm. Girl, all I do is run my mouth. That's been my whole life. Right. If somebody would ask me, what would you do for free? I would be like, talk. I would talk for free all day, all night. Just talk. Talk, 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 talk. Why would it be so strange to me that God would put me in a position where that's what I do to people that I understand their plight? So if you know that God, if if he has given it to you to be smart enough to girl, because I graduated college, but baby, it was a struggle with a K. It was a struggle. I'm with you. I am with you. Hmm. And if if he gave you the uh, intelligence, the fortitude, and, and the ability to make it through undergrad and to, to consider 
that medical school is an option. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to make a way. He didn't say, all right, boo, you, you know, you're 23. You've been on here 23 years. You can figure that thing out on your own. I'm out. <laughs> no, that's right. not what he said. He did not decide right today. I'm going to drop you off in the middle of the nowhere. And I expect you to figure this thing out. He said that he would never leave you nor forsake you. And just because he's not answering your call right now, the older you get and the more you come off of spiritual milk, you're going to have to wait for your spiritual meal. See, babies are the only ones that get milk right away, right when they cry. Mm. But as you grow in God, you're going to have to wait for that food to be cooked. If I'm hungry right now, Mm -hmm. I got to wait for the food to be cooked. Babies are the only ones that get an instant meal. That's why God, it looks like when you first get saved, God is always answering your prayers real quick. You, you a baby. You need milk. Now you older than that. Now I'm not going to be coming over here every time you cry. You're not, you're not starving to death. You're going to have to be patient. I'm cooking something up for you. Thank you, God, for this word. Wow. I'm cooking something up for you. And you're going to have to be patient until it's done. Go find you something else to do. Wow. While you're waiting on for me to feed you, while you're waiting on this spiritual food, while you're waiting on this soul food, go find you something else to do because it's not ready for you yet. Wow. Amen. Wow. Girl, that thing blessed me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That thing blessed me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm like, God, I really need to know, like, what's going on? What's, where, Jesus. where are you leading me? And I, I get upset. Or, yeah. No, I do. I get upset. I ain't going to say or I used to. No, no, no. I be getting upset. Like, why are you not answering me? I'm like, you know, and then it got me into a cycle. <laughs> like, am I not doing enough? Like, I'm just like, I mean, I, I'm spending more time with you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get closer to you. Mm-hmm. Am I not doing enough? Is that why you're not answering me? Am I being disobedient somewhere? Like, what? Like, you know, all these different things go through my mind. Like, what did I do wrong? Because I kept asking myself that question. Am I doing something wrong? How come I don't understand? And I'm asking you, I ask I ask God, before I do anything, like, what is this? What you want me to do? Um, is this okay? Is this in your will? And it's like, for this, for my life, I do not have anything clear. For nothing. Like, <laughs> I got nothing clear as to, like, this is the direction that you're going, but... Man, that spoke to me that, yo, like, you just have to be a little bit more patient. And it's true. Just an FYI, your life is not your own. Yeah. I know you already know that. But your life is not your own. So the things that you have decided that that's what you want to do with your life or what you believe is what you want to do, your life is not your own. And so he's going to do with it as he, as he sees fit. Mm -hmm. And so as he's doing that, (laughs) that's, that's, that's the epitome of faith is walking that thing. Even when you don't even see it. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk it out. Just going to walk it out. That's a real faith walk. Cause the testimony that is going to come behind that is going to be mind blowing. Amen. Because that's always been my biggest prayer that um, that whatever I do brings this glory to you. Like no matter what I do, that people will be led to God through what 
my life looks like. They'll be like, who is this God that you serve? Like, how did you get here? I want to know more Mm -hmm. about it. But like, all right, come into my office. Let me tell you about Jesus real quick, Mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just always been my thing. You know, and yeah, this faith thing, like for real, for real faith. (laughs) It's It's no joke. It's no joke. It's no joke. It is not for the faint at heart. No. Mm-mm. But the rewards are great. But it's definitely work. It's yeah. work. So, you know, it's it it just seems like you like you don't got it together right now, but but just like the Holy Spirit told you. Um you're not behind. You ain't missing out on nothing. You are whole and lacking nothing. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> wow. This has been great. It has been uh, just like two sisters just having a conversation. Yes. Definitely, definitely. I even forgot we're recording a podcast, but that's okay. Oh. That's a revelation for other people too. <laughs> for me and for others. Well, bless the Lord. That, bless the Lord. Yeah. No. Trust me. This is exactly exactly you said that you, what do they call you like they give you a right you you give right time words or what was it that you said i don't know girl when oh, what are we talking about you said something about oh you like oh um you give words that are like right on time yeah oh yeah they they do come right on time but it's not me of course i'll just be running my mouth and the holy spirit just says what he wants to say because i i'm i'm available yeah and so sometimes the stuff that comes up because the message comes to the messenger first. So sometimes the stuff that I be saying, it be something I needed. Like that mm-hmm. that spiritual milk weight on this thing, thing. Girl, you have no clue. It's a testimony brewing right now. So it's really hard for me to be in a positive situation. Yeah. Because I got some real I got some real issues right mm-hmm. now going on. Mm-hmm. Right. But I will bless the Lord at, at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. So in the situation that's going on, the, the enemy gets no win. But when I wanted a, an immediate answer, God said, eh, go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. I don't get the opportunity to, to request milk anymore. Yeah. I'm, you're too old for that. I got mm-hmm. saved at 10. I got mm-hmm. baptized at 10. I was leading devotion at 10. I was singing in the adult choir at 10. Girl, mm-hmm. get out of here. You're not a baby. True. And even when you was a baby in Christ, you were not a baby. So you need to get out of here. <laughs> You'll get what I give you when I give it to you. And don't ask me anymore. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> honey. So oh I just goodness. be like, Because hmm. <laughs> you got to think about, like, I have teenagers, right? I have yeah. a sophomore who's, I just redid their school stuff and he you know he's about to go to the 11th grade and my daughter's about to go to the 8th grade and that's how I talk to them uh listen play them <laughs> I'm gonna give you what I'm gonna give you and I'll get it to you whenever it's convenient for me don't sweat me don't stress me don't call me miss me with the whole nine and so that is basically how God talks to me and now I know why that's how he, why I talk to my children like that because that's how God talks to me that's right. how my father talks to me hey get out of here you already know how this thing works with me and you. Now, you can fall out on the floor all you want to. That's not going to get you what you want. Mm. You can have a tantrum if you desire. But it's not going to get you what you want. And then your head going to hurt. So get up. 
<laughs> and go do something else with yourself. Wow. So, I have to press on. I have to push on and see what the end is going to be. Yeah. Because I don't... Because I don't know. Right, I don't know. right, right. <laughs> I don't know. So it's easy, you know, it's easy and hard for me to tell you every day when I do a motivational minute, which is something I literally wait on God to give me a word. Yeah. Sometimes I wake up. That's why sometimes it's early in the morning. Sometimes it's not till like 1030, mm-hmm. 945. Because I'm waiting on God to give me its fresh manna. Right. So sometimes it's it's hard for me to come and be encouraging when I'm in a storm. Yes, but I I think I made this post yesterday. Like it's not my audience isn't for everybody to know that I'm in a storm, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not new in my walk with Christ. And so if you and I know it's not you, but I'm just going to use you as an example. If you are a babe in Christ, or you just got into a relationship with God, and here I am, been saved for 26 years, and something doesn't go my way, and I go to falling out, what kind of example am I setting for you? Right. How am I setting? How am I gonna tell you what thus saith the Lord and what God is talking about and how you He can do all things and and everything but fail and then time something doesn't go my way I fall out. It I'm not being a good I'm not being a good example. Mm-hmm. So I've got to press on in the mornings when God gives me a word. I have to put my feelings to the side because the Bible tells me I cannot worship two masters. I can't serve two masters. I'm, I must love one and hate the other. So I have to hate my feelings. Mm. I have to mm-hmm. uh, put my feelings under subjection. I have to put my feelings uh, in a box and set them aside because I love God. And I know that the sufferings of this present time will not, it's not even going to compare to what God has for me in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not even going to compare to what I'm going on right now. What's going on right now? I'm not even going to think about this. When I was going through what I was going through and drugs and alcohol and and foolishness and physical abuse, all that that I was going through at that time, I'm looking at it now and I'm like, girl, that stuff don't even matter. It doesn't even compare to the blessings that I'm getting right now. Yeah. So, hmm, I'm just going to push on to see what the end is going to be. Amen. Me and you together. Me and yeah. you together. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's been beyond encouraging. It has been what I needed to hear, I'm just here for it, you know. You know, we were talking about setting other people free, but you done set me free and oh, still set God. other people free. So, <laughs> you know. Man, I bless God. I bless God. Yeah. I bless God that um, that that whoever was bound in the beginning of this conversation, in the beginning of this interview, this podcast, that they are no longer bound. Mm. So, yeah. Hmm. And and keep your freedom. Don't yes. go back and get caught back up in bondage. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep your freedom. It's yours. You earned it. You For earned sure. it. Yeah. Sure. Woo, sis, this was good. Yes, it has been. Um, I wanted to ask one more thing. Sure. Um, do you have any resources that you feel people should know about from books to apps to blogs to podcasts to your new book? Because, <laughs> you know, I was going to. Of course. Well, there is this <laughs> wonderful book called Pregnant <laughs> with Purpose by myself. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon. 
Um, it's not a very long book, but it's an amazing book. It's a workbook as well. So it's oh, okay. scripturally based. It's work that you can do in the book to help allow yourself to, to come to the, to the definitive. Well, not really, because you'll never know exactly what it is that God is doing completely in your life, but to help you to get to the first stages of what it is that's burning on the inside of you that God wants you to get done. And so it's scriptural. It gives you some information about what I have endured and come through, but it also gives you an opportunity to ask yourself those plaguing, plaguing questions of what is it that God wants you to do? Um, my favorite book to read, um, other than pregnant with purpose by Coco Gale is, uh, um, cast of characters by Max, Lucado, L-U-C-A-D-O. I mean, it's just such an amazing book. And the reason why I love the book is because he talks about the people in the Bible like they're regular people. We have made um, Ruth and Boaz to be like the affinitive couple oh. that you should go after. Uh -huh. But these were just some regular people. Mm -hmm. So he talks about, I mean, just in the beginning, how he hits you with how Joseph felt about being a baby daddy to a baby that wasn't even his like so he yeah. just starts in the beginning like he just comes out of the box and I think that when people start to read if they read this book what they will first understand is they were regular people who had regular jobs it just was a different time zone it just was a different time in history not a different time zone a different um, time in history but these were regular people doing regular people things working taking care of the kids going you know to church hanging out with their homies and they had been petitioned to do something different god just plucked them in their regular ordinariness and had a greater purpose for them when they see that they will stop putting people who are in the church on these unrealistic expectation pedestals they also will understand that god can use regular people to do uh, very extraordinary things. He will use regular, ordinary people to do extraordinary things because that's all these people were. Um, and so I just encourage people to read Cast of Characters by Max Licato. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You already know where you can find The Planter. You can find The Planter at The Planter on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will speak to you all on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the planter podcast. If you are absolutely loving the content that the planter is creating, well go ahead and subscribe to the planter on iTunes. For more updates and staying connected with me, you can also subscribe to The Planter at theplanter.com. So that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R.com. To become a part of our community, you can find us on Facebook at The Planter Community to stay connected with like-minded individuals who are trying to grow just like you. And you can find The Planter on all social media handles at The Planter. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you on the next episode.